Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Tasmania Talks, always a pleasure to have a chat to our entertainment expert, guru indeed, Mr Peter Ford in London as we speak. Good morning, Pete. Hello, Mike. Good evening from here. It's great great to hear your voice. And good evening it is to, of course, a very chilly, snowy, icy start in, uh, in Tasmania this morning. But you've had an amazing few days in London. The Jubilee celebrations, I watched them all and I, I was glued to it just to see the acts and just to see the kind of um, celebration. I'm sure I spotted you in the crowd. Well, maybe, but it has been a fantastic few days. I mean, I just thought it was great the way everything just came together, the the energy and the positivity and the inclusivity of the parade particularly, which I don't think they even showed in Australia, this pageant that went on for three hours. It was quite remarkable, and it was such a representation of so many people who respect and admire the, the monarchy. Mm. and particularly the Queen. Um, the concert, of course, which they did show, which rated really well, I thought was great. Uh, I wouldn't have put Diana Ross as the last act. I thought no. it should have been a British act. And there's a lot of great acts who are still around, you know, like Cliff Richard and uh, Shirley Bassey, Petula Clark. Mm. Uh, if you wanted to get a bit more hip, you could go for Coldplay. You know, British acts who really, I think, should have closed the show. But maybe that's just nitpicking. But, you know, all in all, it's been a fantastic few days. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's re, reinvigorated the whole brand of the monarchy. It has indeed. And it's in particular, I think, for the Queen, uh, for Her Majesty, only because uh, everyone seems to admire and respect the 70-odd the, the years. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing to be, uh, be able to uh, reign that long. So I think there's a lot of respect there. It'll be interesting when the changes do occur. Uh, let's move on. Matthew McConaughey uh, trying to uh, change the gun laws. Good heavens. Good luck with that in America. Yeah, well, look, if he can do it, he will go, go into the history books as being the person who was able to achieve it. But, you know, what his connection here is, he grew up in that town, Uvalde, where that horrible shooting occurred a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And that's why he's got involved. So he's gone to the White House today. And his message is, I think, a really logical one. He is accepting the fact that there are a lot of people maybe a majority, but a lot of people in America who believe you have a right to hold a gun if you want to have it. Uh, but what he's saying is, let's try and find some middle ground with people who say, nobody should ever have a gun. And people who say, I'm entitled to have a gun. Let's try and find some middle ground where at least kids aren't being at risk, where at least crazy people can't get guns. You know, there's got to be better checks and balances better security checks, all of that. That's what he's pushing. So what he's trying to do is bring everybody together. So he's gone to the White House to bring together people from the right, people from the left, people who are funded by the National Rifle Association to try and say, let's try and find some areas where we all agree with and we can all make an improvement. So it sounds even horrible to say this, but at least less kids will get killed when they're going to school. Oh, look, someone has to say it. I mean, that's true, but it, it, they'll never get a gun buyback. I mean, the country would go broke trying to buy the weapons back, uh, and, and the re Republicans well, just what, never, ever will allow saying, Mike. I think that No, I think that's what he's saying, Mike. I think he, he accepts that you're never going to have... You know, some people say nobody should ever hold a gun. Well, that's not going to happen. No. It's in the Constitution. 
So let's try and find something somewhere where we can at least improve things rather than, you know, just holding out hope for something that's never going to happen. Let's try and find something that can happen that will at least improve things. Yeah, good on Matthew McConaughey for that. Tell me, um, John Blackman, I mean, you've known John for such a long time and I've had the pleasure of working with him a couple of times, but he's, uh, he's, he's now back with another cancer battle. Yeah, I was so upset when I got the message that John has another cancer battle and I rang him straight away and within 30 seconds, he was making me laugh, you know, giving jokes and finding humour in the situation, which is a very serious situation. So I'm sure most people have caught up with the fact that a couple of years ago, John was diagnosed with cancer in his jaw and his whole jawbone had to be removed and they put in a kind of... that. Um, uh, what do you call a prosthetic jaw thing? Yeah. And, uh, he's alert to adapt to that. And then a couple of weeks ago, his wife Cecile spotted something on his head and took a photograph of it and sent it off to the doctor and said, should we be concerned about this? And the doctor said, yeah, come in straight away. And it was diagnosed as being more bone cancer oh. in his head and it actually had spread to his brain. And they went and did quite extensive surgery. Initially, they thought it might be inoperable, but they found a way to do it, and they're pretty confident they've got a good result. But, you know, nobody should have to go through no. that. You know, it's one of it's one of life's sort of horrible mysteries, isn't it? That, you know, why do good people have to have horrible things happen to them? It just doesn't seem right. But, you know, John's very stoic, and his wife, Cecile, is an amazing lady, and... They're just sucking it up and, and doing their best, and they're determined to keep on fighting. Yeah, and what a, what a wonderful man too, uh, John Blackman. What a great bloke. Um, let's talk movies. Elvis, I mean, we've seen the opening. We've, we know it was filmed in Australia. Baz uh, Luhrmann doing his bit, but uh, apparently not getting the best reviews possible. Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this, I said yeah. to you, you know, in Cannes at the film festival, they tend to go a bit crazy. They either love everything more than they should or they hate everything more than they should. There's no kind of middle ground. Mm. And so those initial reviews were very good. They got a 12-minute standing ovation. But now the real reviews have come out and they're not nearly as enthusiastic. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure it's going to still make money. And, uh, you know, it's got that very unique Baz Luhrmann style about it. But it, it's uh, what we're seeing at the moment is this big hype machine where they've got the publicity going and they've got everybody out doing interviews and mm. and and it does seem that the real reviews that are pretty average you kind of get lost in the wash, which is what they're aiming to do. They want everybody to think that all the reviewers are saying it's brilliant and the truth is they're not. Yeah. And tell me, um, at least people are going out to the movies, Top Gun Maverick um, is this year's biggest box office hit. Tom Cruise must be chuffed. I didn't realise that it's outgrossed uh, his his huge 2005 War of the Worlds, which was uh, the, the, that was just a massive hit financially for him. But I'm I'm looking at figures of what 548.6 million American dollars. Yeah, it's an extraordinary success. And you know, to go back and and do a reboot after so many decades. Uh, was an extraordinary thing. Although, mm. interestingly now, it's the subject of a big legal dispute because Top Gun originally was based on a, a magazine article that was written. Somebody read it and thought, oh, that'll make a good movie. So they did it. They got permission to do it. But that permission has now expired. So the people who originally wrote that article, well, the man who wrote it, I think, is dead, 
but his sons are now commenced a legal action saying you didn't have permission from us to go and do a sequel. Now, it's heading towards making a billion dollars, and obviously based on that, they're going to go back and do another one. So they need to kind of sort this out before they can do that. Uh, Had it been a a bomb, I suspect we never would have heard from these people. Mm. But of course, because it's a big success, they know that they are probably entitled and hopeful of getting something out of it. It's always a way, isn't it? You suddenly they come out of the woodwork uh, all of a sudden. I mean, it might be justifiable, but good heavens. Uh, And what time is it in London as we speak, Pete? Oh, I think it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, but (laughs) I'm trying to focus on Australian time. And, uh, yeah, I've had a big, I've had a huge day. I went out today to visit Lady C. Now, a lot of your listeners may know her. She's very big on YouTube. She's a royal commentator. She hates Meghan and Harry and thinks they're terrible people. And she's a very fascinating woman. So if you've never heard of her and you like the royal stuff, track her down because she calls a, a spade a shovel. She's really out there, Lady C. Lady C. Will do, Pete. And uh, you're back home next week? I sure am. I'll talk to you next week from Melbourne. Oh, fantastic. Peter Ford, our entertainment expert on Tasmania Talks. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, you, Mike. See you, Mike. Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin. Weekday mornings from 9.